Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Board Game Barbarians. I am your host, Andrew, and with me, as always, is the board bar... Skibbity-boop. Board bop bibby. Board Game Barbarian brother, Justin. And also joining us is our Board Game Barbarian brother, Guy. I like board bop bibby, but okay. Guy, have you been on this show before? Yeah, once. Once. Okay, I was gonna say I love that your your debut on this show is Andrew botching his own intro, but I guess yeah, I forgot. I, I felt like you had been on one, but I couldn't remember. Couldn't remember which one. Well, now I have to keep it in because you talked about it. So. Were you not gonna keep it in? No, I was. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm far too lazy as an editor to, <laughs> to edit that out. <laughs> Plus, it gives flavor to the show. Yeah, we're here. We're in Flavor Town. We made it. Yeah, we've we've Give some variety, and variety yeah, is now the spice guys of life. Here. Yeah, now the guy's here. It's the wrong guy, but it's close enough. We're halfway to Guy Fieri. Hey, 50%. Wow, he's the wrong it's... guy. Thank you. What? Oh, sure. Oh, I see. Oh, wow. wow. I'm, I'm guy one. Look, you know that I love you, but comparing yourself to Guy Fieri, that, that's a high bar, buddy. Uh, I don't think that's smart for yeah, your self-esteem. Do you have a flavor town? Yeah, do, do you have flavor town? Did, no, did you I open ex- a flavor town? You, go, you both know I explicitly <laughs> stay away from flavor towns. <laughs> <laughs> you do you do you're you're very what, what, what is the phrase you use you, you you said you are a super taster so food yeah. is very is difficult for, it's a difficult subject for yeah, you yeah anything that's not bland is like some kind of weird right so yeah. it's my my palate is like really craves really bland shit yeah hmm. yeah i think you and my daughter are like the same foods anytime Probably. there's any amount of like flavor in something she's like no it's too much of whatever is going on stop Oh man, wow. I'll never, I'll never forget. Uh, I was like five years old at daycare, and somebody had some chips, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, "Can I have some chip?" And I was like, "Yeah." Or he was like, "Yeah," and he handed it to me, and I was like, "Oh, what's this on it?" And he goes, "Nothing." I was like, "No, it looks like fucking like like a Christmas chip." <laughs> yeah, I bet it tastes sweet, you know. And in my head, I'm like, "I bet it tastes sweet." I take a fucking bite, and it's like fucking like Cooler Ranch Dorito. Oh no! Fucking, that's like, too much for you. Projectile vomited in his my face. Da- my daughter's favorite food is buttered toast. <laughs> that's I like toast, Eddie. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the the pinnacle of food. This is a board game show. Buttered toast. It's um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a board game show, and we're gonna get some. I was letting you finish before I interrupted. I'm gonna and, let you finish. Brought us back back home. Um, please go check out Justin at Retro Warriors. It is his home podcast where he makes all of his home content. No, keep trying. This is great. Um, Supposed <laughs> <laughs> to my away game shows. Yeah, where I have to put on a different jersey. Well, this is your away game show. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can also check out a show called Talking Wizards if you give him a buck, just a buck. Yeah. Just one buck. Yeah. A month. A month. A month. And you can yeah. listen to a show. Well, technically, you could give one buck once and then, and then download them all. Listen to, oh, yeah. yeah, you could download them Just all. Just download yeah. them all and then, and then ask for a refund. Look, if you want to go through the effort to listen to Talking Wizards that bad, more power to you. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, Wait, yeah, so go you're for telling it. me <laughs> that Talking Wizards is cheaper than Freedom? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe it is. I believe yeah. it is. Freedom isn't free. Yeah. No, it's a buck oh five. Yeah, and so, Talking Wizards is only a buck. So. There you go, you got it. You got it. You uh, can get Talking Wizards for less than Freedom. Good job. <laughs> uh, go check out Guy on our show, Cinema Rogues. 
uh, where we talk about movies and stuff. And also check out Guy at Sidetail Studios on YouTube and Twitch. Yeah, are you doing the YouTube and Twitch thing again? Um, not as much. No. Okay. It's still there. It's okay. still there. My archives are there. Ah, uh, yes. The archives. The archives. Now, the only YouTube um, I'm doing these days is the fucking Retro Warriors YouTube. Yes. You are the only person that does that because I don't. Yeah, we're up to 328 <laughs> subscribers. That's pretty good. Nice. Pretty good. And if you want more of me... All you got to do is listen to the same shows that I already mentioned. Or go to your house. Give us your address, Andrew. Okay, my address. Are you ready? <laughs> One, yeah, two, three, Flavortown. <laughs> get, your, get your pins up and running. I got my pin. I'm ready. One, two, three, Flavortown. One, two, three, Flavortown. I'm sorry. You said the zip code was bagel? <laughs> bagel. Yes. The zip code is bagel. It's five. It, it's five, five letters. Or is it bagel? Uh yeah, well we're gonna be in Jersey, so we gotta call it uh we gotta call it Bagel. Yeah. Um cool. Well uh what you guys uh what you guys been uh what you been uh playing board games? <laughs> Guy, um, we'll start with you. I've been getting into to MTGA Arena again. Um, I say okay. again, like I've been playing it consistently enough to do like my daily quests for almost this entire uh whatever the fucking r- rotation season or whatever mm-hmm. yeah yeah so um so i've kept up with it since i guess september which is you know more than i had been um because I, like in my head in my heart i'm like surely at some point i will i can stop sinking as much money per release into it because i will have caught up with some of the cards that i didn't have from previous releases right do you do you mm-hmm. do you mind if i ask you just out of sheer curiosity sure. how how much money you would estimate you're spending per set release in in mtg arena uh about a hundred dollars at this point okay okay the first couple of sets it was probably two hundred dollars um but they have like pre-release bundles that are fifty dollars each right so i would do Eat there are two of those, um, and then buy one set of gems for a hundred dollars. Okay, um, and then and then buy like ninety packs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done that to a point where now I'm, I am more or less caught up on stuff that's about to rotate out or whatnot. Um, so so really, just those pre-release bundles are are enough. Yeah. So it's it's anyway. I guess the. Point being that uh, recently they released a, a new format called Explorer, which is uh, all the cards that are legal in Pioneer that have been printed uh, in in MTG Arena. Okay. Right. So, what, so what is what is the Pioneer cutoff? Because I know it's it's the same as it's not the same as modern like time wise, but it's the same kind of idea of it's it's this this set forward, right? Is that yeah, what Pioneer uh, is? I think Guilds of Ravnica re release. Okay. Okay. Um, so a few years. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so having a non-rotating format, um, is, is interesting to me because you get to know a deck better. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, uh, that inspired me to try best of three magic again on, on arena. Um, what, you know, so, so getting a deck, learning what that deck does, and then, you know, learning how to sideboard it efficiently in a non-rotating format sounded like an investment that I'd be willing to make. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and that was really fun and I'm having a lot of fun with, with, with that. And I think the plan or the sort of idea is that eventually they'll release all the pioneer cards, 
um, and 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 Sunset Explorer as a format, and then do Pioneer. Uh, yeah. the, the 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 thing about it is the 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 format is that it's they don't do any rebalancing like digitally the card is what it is it's it's either available or it's banned mm-hmm. you know so you don't you're not having to constantly worry about you know getting new things to put in and et cetera et cetera yeah yeah well cool nice. anything uh, else board game related um no no that's about it. <laughs> I tried to like run a Slay the Spire again, and they said no. Oh, man, what a game. I, I do like the, because um, um, you were talking about just, just uh, getting familiar with the deck, and, and I've always I've always seen and used the term piloting, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It, You're not building a deck. You're learning how to pilot a deck effectively, and you might tune things a little bit, but for the most part, you're like, this is my deck. I've learned how to pilot it. This is how I run it. You know, in uh, uh, that in 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 not just in in Magic the Gathering, but you know, any any game that has a a a, a format like that, <clears throat> it's really neat um, the level of understanding that you gain from a specific deck. So when I was doing a lot of Magic, we did um, Commander. That was our primary format, and and Commander is is <laughs> a lot of people. They're just like, oh, I have this one Commander deck. And I'm gonna play it f- until I die. Like yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, uh, it you you get to feeling about your decks the way that like the the kind of the way you hear people talk about like a car they're fixing up or something. You know, mm-hmm. um, right now in Flesh and Blood, I'm I'm I've I've been playing Reinar and and I've I I play him in Classic Constructed. And I built the deck just kind of on a whim because I happened to pull some of the good cards for it and, and it was cheap to get the rest of it. And I was like, well, hey, I'll put this together. And it's turned into this thing where it's like, that's my now my primary deck. And the more I play it, the better I understand it. And and, and there, it's so much fun getting to do that that deep dive on, on a deck that you really enjoy and, and getting to have new levels of understanding. I, I, I've been playing that game since, or, or that game, that um, deck since last November and I was playing a game with Andrew just, I think, last night or night before or something. Yeah, and uh, in, in just that game, I was like, man, I'm like seeing lines of play. that I've, I've been playing this deck for months, and I'm seeing entire lines of play that I was completely oblivious to. It's the same cards. Nothing's changed. But <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I've, I've somehow played this totally differently. And it, it feels like staring at one of those magic eye puzzles, you know, yeah. where like after a few minutes, like, ah, it's a sailboat. Oh, of course. How could I have not <laughs> seen this? I feel so dumb. But yeah, I'm glad you can. Because you are always a draft and sealed, uh, you know, kind of uh, card game player previously. No, no, not no. at all. You were wrong, I thought you sir. I thought you played draft in, in Arena. I, that was your thing. Um, I started doing that once I figured out that the... <clears throat> economy is more efficient on the drafting side if you can win at least a couple of games per draft okay so you did like standard best of one yeah so i was doing standard best of one you know uh i can't think of a version of magic i would want to play less than standard best of one (laughs) right well and it's got its own unique (laughs) challenges because you're like some games you're just going to lose or whatnot right yeah well Um, that's why that's why the game was designed to be best of three because it's like the game will just screw you sometimes. It's just like, yeah, you didn't get any lands. You, that sucks, you know. And, and like, um, but but you have to for best of one, you have to build a, de- a deck differently than best of three. You know, you have right. to 
sort of temper the the hyper specific solutions to to a more generalized solution so you can deal with more decks yeah um and and that's kind of fun to me um but mostly i've just been pulling decks that other people have built yeah um and then and then i got uh, uh, and then like i said i was i was ripping packs and it just it's you know whatever it's fine um that's the way that their economy works uh, at its like baseline or whatnot yeah. Um, but looking into it, I found a more efficient way and I found, uh, you know, an assistant that helps you show what grades cards are in the draft, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, you're cheating, eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I, so I did that, um, and, and, you know, was able to win a few, a few games cause I'm playing ranked. And so I'm playing against like bronze level players who are doing the same thing that I am. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it was fine. It's, it, 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 you know, it builds cards, you know, eventually I got to a point where I'm like, okay, I've got all the commons cause I've drafted so many. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that it just wasn't, uh, whatever. I don't enjoy playing the format. I don't enjoy building a deck. I, I always feel like I'm losing because I'm bad at drafting, you yeah. know? So, and I don't feel like I'm learning a whole lot. Draft uh, is hard. Dra- draft in any draftable game, just because because drafting skills are are regardless of the game you're playing. Um, drafting is always it's the same, well, not the exact same, but it's close to the same skill set. It's it's card evaluation. How well can you evaluate this card just by looking at one card? And that's like insurmountably hard for me. I have such yeah. a hard time. I like because uh, um, like Andrew and I are going to the Flesh and Blood Pro Tour this weekend. We're we're getting on a plane tomorrow. And um, the we didn't want to do the constructed package because um, we've been playing constructed for months. So we were like, hey, let's do the limited package. We'll do sealed, which we love. You just open six packs and build a deck. Love sealed. It's great because in sealed, you can evaluate all your cards against one another. You can look at them all in a big block and go, okay, yeah, I can kind of see this. In between games, you can move cards in and out from your card pool. So it's like, this is great. It's that kind of that good mix between like, you know, card evaluation and like building and, and, and piloting a deck. But we also, part of the limited package was draft tickets. And so we're going to be drafting flesh and blood for the first time. We, neither of us has ever drafted. And, uh, I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. I, I have notoriously bad card evaluation. I mean, so bad that, that there's times where like, I'll put cards in the deck and be like, oh, it not only doesn't do what I thought it does, it does the literal opposite of what I thought it does in such a way that it hurts me. And, and, and so I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. A little nervous I'm about, nervous about it too. I'm nervous about drafting. Yeah. I, I'm interested to, to, to hear, to hear how that goes. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm bad. I don't know how to uh, evaluate cards. Like. I know. Well, that t- it- let me tell you this. His shortcut: look at the rarity, and uh-huh. the higher yeah. it is, that's what she take out of the pack. <laughs> no, that, that's an awful way to do it. Apparently. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that is. You're supposed to do the bread method, right? That that's yeah. what everyone says is is it's bombs removal E A and D uh, dirt. I don't know. I don't remember it all. But right. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, certain- mine is if if the first pack I open has a legendary in it, then I'm gonna pull the legendary. Like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that that was my strategy for a while before getting like the assistant thing. Yeah. Was just if I pull a legendary whatever multicolored thing that I pull in the first pack, whatever rare or legendary it is, build mm-hmm. a deck around that. Uh yeah. and that's real hit or miss. <laughs> it's 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 kind of nice cuz flesh and blood like compared cuz magic you've got 
you've got the five colors, and, and that's how magic is, is set up. Um, Flesh and Blood, it's a class system, so it's like, hey, you know, these are the classes, and so really you can you can just kind of in your head, as you're drafting, pick a class that you like or that you want to play, and I mean, obviously, you're going to have a card pool that includes all the classes in that set, but it's one of those things where theoretically you can just draft the class that you like and and you'll build a semi-functional deck you probably won't win with it yeah. but but you can get something that works i've drafted magic before and like built decks that just don't even they don't even function they don't even i'm like <laughs> why did i put these together what you know yeah well, i've stuff. drafted magic before i feel like i'll be okay with flesh and blood andrew is is being modest andrew has very good card evaluation and is very good at deck building. So any any card game we play, it the, the curve is Andrew just dominates me for the longest time until I just put in ten times the amount of hours as him, and then I can start winning. But out of the gate, I yeah, Andrew's very good at card games. The Thank only you. way I can beat him is through extensive experience and research. Yeah, like whenever we were just opening packs and building decks that that was that was the key for me winning was, yeah oh yeah you you, you yeah for the longest time especially in flesh and blood there's been other games i remember um when the world of warcraft tcg was going out when it was tanking mm-hmm. um we bought like two boxes of it at walmart for like 30 dollars yeah, you know? yeah. It was very cheap we, like i think and then we bought like the raid deck we spent like 50 60 bucks together and got like an insane amount of wow cards and we took him back to my house and we learned to play and he proceeded to beat me so bad (laughs) that i didn't want to play it anymore it it wasn't it wasn't like uh yeah i mean because you know it's like all right we're we're learning and and, you know you lose your game or two or whatever it was just like non-stop like not even doing anything to him game after game after game because i just could not it takes me so long to learn card games takes me a long ass time yeah and andrew picks them up quicker and i also didn't want to play that game because it wasn't fun i yeah you know i do remember that because we were playing and you're like this sucks and i'm like then stop beating me like you (laughs) you didn't because you left it all at my house you're like just fucking keep it and i was like i don't want it you're the only person i play with and i don't want to play with you anymore (laughs) yeah yeah i remember that yeah, no, they yes. got this like uh, third-party plugin that uh, evaluates cards. Uh, oh, like in the game? I thought you meant it was just a website where you like punch in. No, draft like pool it's or something. it's in game. Like it's an in-game overlay, right? Um, mm-hmm. That not only does like expert ranked cards, but it also has the the upgraded premium tiers, like thirty dollars a year or something, right? Yeah. Um, it gives you an AI-driven card recommendation, right? So and it and it scores it like one through sixty or something. Um, okay, all, so all you the just cards. pick what's green or whatever on the little yeah. meter. Yeah, more so or less. It, if and you pay extra money, will it, the AI also play the game for you? So then you just don't even have to do anything, and you can just yeah. Like, hopefully <laughs> soon, it's, it's probably going to be an extra ten bucks a month. But um, but then on top of that, once you're done drafting, it uses computer learning to build you the best, uh, you know, quote unquote best. Uh, a combination of the cards you drafted yeah. based so on cheating. its scoring system. And oh, it, I already made that joke. Yeah, <laughs> and like it's uh, it gives you a couple options if they're within range of each other, so you can get kind of different flavors. 
Yeah. Um, like a mono black versus a, a black red deck, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and then it uses the the information from the games of the people that are playing to constantly rescore those uh, decisions. Yeah. So it refines it over time as the meta changes, which so I so that led me to get be able to go from like bronze league to gold league consistently. Yep. And then and then and then drafting was more fun, but I didn't feel like I was learning anything other yeah. than how to play drafted like limited decks. That's so antithetical to what I would ever want out of a card game, but it's cool that they have that because I've known really competitive players and and that's got to be just like so nice to to have that just to have that. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so uh, that's well, Justin, me. Justin, what you've been uh what have you been playing? I oh man, nothing. I'm gonna go first because you're gonna like take up the rest of the show. What does that mean? What is that? What is that? <laughs> I'm gonna go first, so you're gonna take my turd. It's Fine. your show, you're gonna, you do what you're gonna gush. I know. We we've done thirty something episodes of this show. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know what yeah. you do, <laughs> and I let you do it because it makes it easy for me. Let me tell you what we do. Andrew shows up with ten minutes of content, and then he goes, "What have you been doing?" And he turns his mic off and lets me f- do the rest of his show for him. I so know he's it's fucking great. <laughs> Find yourself a Justin if you want a podcast. <laughs> Find yourself a Justin to do your show for you, and then you just show up and you be like, "Oh, fucking mummies, right?" And then you just walk away, and I'll just go for an hour. You yeah, yeah. That's why, your, that's why I keep inviting Justin to Cinema Rogues because it'll take our forty-minute <laughs> episodes up to like an hour and a half. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, you can talk about Godzilla every episode. Fine. Oh, man, I could talk a lot about Godzilla. Andrew, go, 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 do it. Do the thing. I don't really have a lot to talk about besides, you know, our game day that we had, and we're going to go into that after Justin gushes about Root for a little bit. Um, yell at me. You don't have to attack me. It's not. <laughs> I do have to attack you. It's, <laughs> it's what I have to do. Uh, the only thing that I have is I was got really excited because I thought that I was getting my Marvel United pledge in the mm-hmm. X-Men pledge mm-hmm. and uh all that came in was the play mat i, I ordered the <laughs> they shifted neoprene. separate yeah they shifted separate <laughs> from everything else so i just oh, now no. i've got a really nice double-sided neoprene play mat for i'm looking Marvel at United. Uh, that on bgg that's very nice that game really needed it because that's the one where you yeah. build the, the circle of cards around the play area and let me tell you making a circle out of square objects that's that's hard that's yeah that's difficult so I, I I've got that. I like like I looked at it. I like it. One side's yellow for the X Men side. One side's blue for the Marvel side. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's a very nice quality. But I was slightly disappointed because I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get all of my stuff in. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah. I uh yeah. I got. I, I'm 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 not going into it. But my root shipment came, and I didn't even see the shipping confirmation. I didn't know it was delivered or nothing, and it like sat out at my gate for at least a day. Oh my god! Just just out there, just by my gate, and I was mine, like, oh, is, is that a package? Saturday, like I I because I've got the shop app that yeah. tells you when when UPS or FedEx has a, a package delivering to your house. Well, I do too, but for whatever reason, because I, I usually, I do UPS Quantum, so UPS would be like, hey, you have something coming. Mm-hmm. I didn't get anything. I, I don't know why. I don't know what the deal is. Just kind of goofy. But I got a notification that was like, you're getting your root stuff Saturday. And I was like, <laughs> oh no, I won't be here. So I was like, 
texting my wife like will you be here saturday for a package <laughs> you gotta bring my games in don't sleeve them wait for me don't punch yeah. the punch boards or nothing <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah uh, that that'll be a nice a nice gift when i return yeah well it's not a gift you you paid a lot of money for it right but it's waited a, a long time for it right <laughs> kickstarter stuff does feel like a gift because like you you're like oh i didn't pay for that year ago me paid for that and that guy's long gone yeah but dead. i got now i'm benefiting from... <laughs> he died a year ago yeah um but yeah other than that i um i got another organizer and i put all the board games that i like play the most in mm-hmm so now I've got like my sad can't get to the table like section of board games. AKA the section of board games you really probably should just sell and, and be done with, but the hell but I you won't. <laughs> I mean I should sell Ultra Quest. I should Go for it, man. Throw that in the trash. I mean don't throw it in the trash. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you insane? <laughs> but but yeah. <laughs> um I don't know. I'm waiting for the the new Alter Quest stuff to come in. There's some extra stuff that I ordered. What, Andrew? <laughs> I ordered it like immediately after buying the game, like before I got. Oh, okay, okay. Because before they you realize second... that you don't think you like Alter Quest. I don't. I don't know how. We, you and I need to play it again. We do. We do need to play it again. And if you don't like it, I'm. Well, I was gonna say I'm willing to trade you something for it because I think my kid might like playing it with me. But then I don't I don't want to trade you as much stuff as it's gonna to take to get all that fucking Kickstarter stuff. So and I doubt you want to part with it, part it out like that. So never mind. You you keep it. <laughs> I mean, I would I would probably just give it to you because I'm sure Harper would like the like horse head guy that you like so much. She oh man that guy's that guy's awesome. Anybody that's like Minotaur, uh, uh, centaurs, any horse humanoid, I'm down for that. Horse cow yeah. bull equine looking human person i'm i don't know what it is i'm like hell yes yeah <laughs> um she really liked hero quest a lot but the game was just so bad that yeah. you know and i eventually sold it um but she liked the game a lot but it, it yeah yeah so i in my head i was like she might like alter quest you know because it's 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 she, she liked hero quest because it was like that adventure thing but it was just board gamey enough that she right. could kind of like you know, get it you know and i'm sure you could probably fudge the rules enough with her oh yeah yeah to, well uh, you know you say that uh we very rarely fudge rules i'm i'm usually pretty much like nope you gotta follow follow the rules yeah but alter quest rules are do they just suck goofy and yeah we might, just, we might just house rule i don't know we need to play it some more we, we played that one game and it was terrible and then we bad. just never went back to it just never did it was real bad how many boxes of alter quest do you have four well, that's not too bad. Well, it's I've not, got. Oh no, I've got the regular box, a Kickstarter exclusive box, the expansion. Yes, and then like a tiny box with four characters in it. Okay, yeah, well, that's not that's not horrible. Yeah. You know, it's not like Batman level crazy. Yeah, which I'm about to go May 26th. No, Andrew, stop. Batman season three. Stop. Do it. Do it. What could I'm they even it. possibly add? They've already added a cow. What What are they going to add now? The big penny um, from the fucking Batcave? Like, what are they going to put in it? They have the Batman RPG coming out. Okay. Yeah. Is it who's doing that? Is that Modifius? No, I think they actually did it in house. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I think so. Because Modifius did the 
um, Conan. Conan RPG that it, it that used some of the assets and and like the boards and stuff from the board game. Yeah, I don't think they're using really any assets besides like you can use the miniatures from the board game. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Um, but then they've already released a bunch of miniatures miniatures that they're going to do, and then there's a new board and a couple other things and yeah. <coughs> we'll it's see. gonna be they're gonna all right. Yeah, this is my guess. They're gonna have all the right. big penny, okay? Big giant okay. plastic penny from the Batcave. They're gonna have a dead Robin that's just like dead on the ground. It's gonna be mm-hmm. one of the new one of the new characters. Um, yeah. they're gonna have uh, Jared Leto's Joker. It's gonna be in there. Yeah. Oh God, no. Okay, nope. it's gonna be in there. Um, who else? Uh, yeah, that's it. It's, cat uh, dog. Cat dog's gonna be in there. No reason. <laughs> just why not? Why not, you know? Bat cat dog. Bat bat, bat cat dog. Um yeah, that's my that's my week. I haven't really been uh playing been reading one. uh not Burning Wheel. Uh what's the game? What's the RPG you got? Uh Torchbearer. Torchbearer. I have been reading Torchbearer. We rolled characters with my group. We're just waiting to play a game. Okay. You excited? So we'll see. Does it look we'll good? See how that goes. Huh? Does it <laughs> Does it look good? Does it seem like it's going to be good, or is it like oh, I don't know? We'll see when we I'm, play I'm it. I'm apprehensive about it because I've had. I think the last RPG that I played that I was really like I really don't know about this rule system was um, Hackmaster, and man, it ended up being fantastic, fantastic rule system. Yeah, I'm kind of like I'm apprehensive about the combat system. Seems a little wonky and weird. Yeah. Well, so we'll see how it goes. We will, indeed. Well, I won't. You will. I need to get my Hackmaster books from you. Oh. Oh, you're going to take those. <laughs> oh. I see. I don't have them anymore. Uh, I sold them I've, just, I've just had them for so many years. I mean, I just... technically, they're legally yours now. <laughs> I'm not going to play that card, though. <laughs> well, fucking finders keepers, so... <laughs> I never even ran it. We ran Hackmaster Basic for for months. Um, and it was so fun. Hackmaster Basic was just awesome. What an awesome game. Um, it used what it was. It was the penetrating die system is what was so cool. So like, for damage for like a longsword, it'd be all right, like all right, roll two d six. But if it says two d six p, then anytime you hit a six on that die or whatever the maximum face of that die is, you would roll it again and add that in. Torchbearer does that for all of its rolls. Oh, I like that. That's that's fun. It makes rolling uh, the 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 maximum on anything just so much fun, yeah. and and it also it, it's just great. It's what a great because that's that's how they get around because it's a D six system, so there's no net twenties or anything. So that's how they get around net twenties. Is um, say you're like I don't I don't know if this is even a skill. Like your jump skill, yeah, is only like a three, yeah. and you need a six to succeed, right. So you you'd roll a d6. Tech- if you hit a six, you roll it again. You roll three d6 because your oh. jump skill is three. Okay. And it's a success-based system. So it's like four, five, and six is a success. One, two, and three is a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could technically succeed in your like jump skill if you rolled three d6 and then re-rolled another three successes. Then you would succeed in your in your jump test. So Yeah, yeah I like that stuff. Really, anything that's like, oh, you rolled dice and they, you rolled good, roll more dice. Okay, now roll more. Di- I just like rolling lots of dice. Yeah, and it stacks. So even your dice that you rolled, like if you rolled three d six, yeah, and you rolled sixes, and then you rolled three d six again, and you rolled sixes again, then you roll 
three more d6s. It's kind of shocking that I don't like Warhammer more because you just roll big fistfuls of dice. It's the it's literally the entire reason I like one deck dungeon because yeah. it just comes with a huge fistful of rainbow translucent dice that you roll all at once all the time. Right. So fun. I think the problem with Warhammer is uh, having to measure everything constantly. I think the problem with Warhammer is everything but rolling the dice. Because rolling the <laughs> dice is great. And they yeah. sell custom dice for each, for each faction. If, if they had Warhammer and they took the miniatures out and I just was rolling the dice, oh man, that'd be so much fun. Oh, that'd be great. It makes me think of um, Forbidden Stars, the combat system in Forbidden Stars where you play the card and then you roll a big fistful of dice. Oh, that's fun. That's real yeah. fun. I like that. All right. Well, that's my week. So, Justin, take it away. Don't see now. I feel like you've put all this pressure on me. Take it away, Justin. <laughs> Finish the show. <laughs> you got twenty-eight minutes. Go. I I got. <laughs> I got um. <laughs> I got my um root Kickstarter uh package in the mail. Uh, you were it was me about it, yeah. uh, Root Marauder expansion, the Hirelings pack, and the uh, cl- new Clockwork expansion, mm-hmm. uh, which is all everything that's new, all the new stuff. Um, and I, I got that in. I've only gotten to play one game with it, and I did not get to use the Hirelings or the Landmarks system that it now uses. Um, but we, me and my daughter played a game. Uh, my wife's been out of town, so this is our like fun, exciting thing we did while my wife was gone. Uh, she played as the Lord of the Hundreds, who is the that's the rat faction, mm-hmm. and then I played as the Keepers in Iron, which is the their badgers badger faction. Okay. <clears throat> and we played against the Cogwheel Corvids, which is one of the new um, uh, automated factions. How'd that go? It went really good. Uh, We also played on the mountain map, which is the only map I have not played on because it's complicated. Um, On the mountain map, it's got extra passages that you can like dig through and uncover. And then Mm -hmm. in the center of the map is this like little black tower that as long as you hold that area, every turn you get a, a extra VP. Oh, nice. Um, and it's it's really interesting. Um, the Lord of the Hundreds was really cool, um, and 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 the entire faction is completely centered around this one warlord rat. And all he does is he generates a huge army and just rolls that army through the countryside, looting and pillaging clearings as he goes. Right. Mm. And what he does is he can leave behind these these riots. In, in different areas that destroy buildings. They, you know, he basically shows up, he get he starts a riot, they burn down all of your buildings, and then he just rolls on through to the next clearing. And it's 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 a lot of fun. It, it, it worked really well with my kid because uh, it was easier for her to understand than like having all these different little armies and stuff. It's just like, make a big ball of rats and roll it over <laughs> all the rest of them. The rat king. <laughs> but what I like about it is... Um, you can also like when you're when you you can loot from other players you can like steal stuff from them oh wow because the lord of the hundreds has what's called the horde and the horde is the the lord's horde of items and how many items of each type you have determine how many types of actions you get each turn so basically it's just build this big ball of rats roll it around the countryside burn down buildings and and steal stuff and put it in this big treasure hoard. 
That makes and, me excited for the like how to incorporate that into the root RPG. Oh yeah, no, I'm excited. I mean, they got to come out with a new supplemental book um, because uh, I, I I want that. Uh, I don't even have <laughs> <laughs> what. They have to come out with that because I want it. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> All right. Uh, At man. this point, I've spent so much money on Root, the property, that I feel like they should listen to me. They owe they it to me. They producer owe credit. <laughs> um, Lord of the Hundreds is really cool. Um, I, I, I like them a lot. They're kind of an easier to understand faction. It's just a lot of destruction and war. Um, it, it removes kind of... It, it feels kind of like the cats where you just have this big army you're doing battles with, but it removes all of the tactics from it. You're just like, I don't know, I'm just going to burn all your fucking shit down and steal all your stuff and put it in my big fucking pile of treasure over there <laughs> and hit you with a bunch of dudes. Um, which which makes it fun. It fun. It's a really aggressive faction. Um, it seems like like uh, uh, just super fun and kind of easier to play. Um and you have moods every turn. Turn you have to. You have these mood cards, and you have to pick the Lord's mood for that turn. And the moods you can pick are restricted by items you have in your hoard. And the mood determines special abilities you have for that turn. So it might be something like ignore a hit or like do an extra thing. Okay. <clears throat> and so as you're building up more command points in your in your hoard by by stealing items, you're getting less moody as as time goes on. Um, the keepers in iron are very weird. They're a highly complex faction, and I don't know how I feel. But it was about halfway through the game before I even really figured out what the hell was happening. Mm-hmm. This is the first faction, other than the bag of vagabond, that interacts with the forests, which are the spaces between the clearings and the roads. Right. Because um, previously, the only faction that could do anything in forests was the vagabond. They could slip into clearings and and slip into forests. And so the keepers in iron, when you start, you place these these twelve relic markers in all the forests on the map. And what you have to do is you're effectively a, a band of knights who are dedicated to recovering these relics from the forest. So you're not really super interested in the conflict that's happening in the game. You're just trying to recover these relics and all the combat you do and all the clearings you take and everything is in the interest of getting these relics right Mm -hmm. um and it also restricts your maximum army size you can only have like four dudes in a clearing already i can't remember if it makes you get rid of them or or move them it makes you do something It, it it restricts it so that you're just this small order of knights kind of like crusading through this forest for these relics um but what's tricky is two things um one you have to be next to a forest to recover a relic and once you recover the relic you have to turn it in at a way station that you've created previously so it's a lot of planning like all right i'm gonna set up this way station here and then i'm gonna go try to get that relic and then and then get it to my way station to like bank it right Mm -hmm. but it is also a tableau building faction just like the the birds the um the irie dynasty and so the actions you have, like moving and battling and delving for relics, are these cards that you're building in this tableau on top of your your board, except you don't have to do the actions like the birds do. You can choose to do or not do an action, and then whenever you recover a relic or or go find a relic, 
if you don't have enough control in the surrounding areas, it may force you to remove that card. Hmm. And if it all sounds really complex and confusing, it's because it is. It's a very weird faction. I would put it on par with like uh, the lizards as far as like just oh, understanding I love the lizards. how the fuck to score points or do anything. Um, but they, thematically, they're really cool. I, you know, I love the idea, and, and this is what Root does so well, is it ties the way a faction plays to their story. You know, I didn't, I don't know anything about the Keepers and Iron. I didn't, like, read about them ahead of time. There's no lore book or whatever. But just reading the rules on their thing and playing them, you you can, you can mechanically see like it's this small order of knights going through the forest whose only interest is recovering these relics and they don't really give a shit about who does or doesn't control the forest they're just there to get their items and get home you know yeah what kind of animals um, are they they're badgers and they're actually nice. painted with silver paint so they're like glittery yeah what? because they're knights they're knights and they got armor on so uh, they're silver yeah they're really cool i'm gonna um, need you to give me a comprehensive ship uh shopping list to get <laughs> all of the same root stuff and storage yeah, uh, yeah so I that can do i that. can exactly replicate what you've got going on please totally yeah i yeah i will send you links um, because thankfully, leader games, while their shit sells out constantly, they're still they're always good about like, hey, we restock on the website regularly, and if you follow their thing, you can you can get it. But all this to say, um, rats are really fun. They're really cool. Both factions are highly thematic. Um, I, I I feel like as time goes on and we keep getting new factions for root, they're just more and more thematic as, yeah. as time goes on. Um, the cogwheel corvids worked really well uh we started playing on easy mode about halfway through the game my daughter was so far ahead on points that she got bored and so i finished the game solo playing both her faction and my faction against the cogwheel corvids and when she left i cranked it up to challenging corvids and then i also they've got these modalities you can turn on so when you play the automated factions you can do like normal or easy challenging and nightmare but then these different like mode cards where it's it changes their strategy within the game. And I don't remember which one I picked, but I picked the one that plays extra plots that that fucks your day up. And uh, it was just it was a really fun game. I really liked playing the mountain map. I'm so excited for the hirelings. Oh my gosh. Um, each individual faction has its own hireling pawns that look kind of like the actual main faction pawns, but they're a little bit different. So like the hireling cats, they're medics, so they look like the orange cat pieces, but their eye colors are inverted compared to the regular cats, and they have like this little bandage on them, painted on them. Hmm. Uh, and it's just the cutest damn thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. <laughs> and so I, I'm excited. They also included landmarks that you can include. They included advanced setup rules. And in, in in, in, so really like when when you sit down to play it at this point i have so many different options of like i've got four maps i've got advanced setup rules i can add or remove as many automated factions as i want i've got hirelings that we can add in we've got landmarks that we can add in you can really really tailor customize and change the actual gameplay experience with the amount of options we have available um also it, i i've not read anything from leader games but it is pretty evident that this is not the final root expansion and that there will likely be another kickstarter yeah um because this is the second automated expansion the the clockwork expansion and this includes um the four newer factions in, in automated forms so that you can play them as an ai but it does not include automated rats or automated badgers 
So theoretically, there's going to be another expansion that they're going to tack on a, a third clockwork expansion for that will include automated rats and automated badgers. Yeah, I did want to say, speaking of, I know we don't really do news on the show anymore, but speaking of like leader games and stuff, they, they did announce um, that they are working on an Oath expansion. <clears throat> oh, really? Yeah. Um, but their announcement was basically like, yeah, we've, we've got something in mind, but we're working on other stuff. Yeah, well, I imagine Root RPG, as far as I can tell, has been pretty successful, and Root itself just continues to be super yeah. successful. So I imagine they're just trying to get get shit out the door right now. Oh yeah, let me know when you want to talk about Root RPG. Oh man, yes. Uh, do we? Do we? Uh, I don't know if I took the whole remaining twenty eight minutes with my explanation. All this to say, I'm excited. I'm very excited. As as time goes on, I get more and more excited about Root, um, and I do think it has the potential to go from a board game I really like to like an entire hobby encompassing system that I enjoy, if that makes sense. You know? It does. Um, can we talk about board game day that we had? Yeah. Uh, so we, well, uh, well, hold on real quick. Last thing about root, the board game. Um, yes. Well, before we talk about it in, in our board game day, I guess, but um, the, uh, what, what is exciting to me right now is my kids are turning nine and 11. <clears throat> one just turned nine. The other one turns 11 a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they're getting to that age where they can play complicated board games without yes. me having to dumb it down. Yeah. You just wanted to sneak in 9-11, didn't you? Yep, that's exactly <laughs> it. Never forget. Would you quit doing that on every show? I'm just tired of it. <laughs> it's it's I mean, my it's version it, of code swapping. It set itself up. Uh, but, it, you know, so I, I'm excited to to try things and, and see yeah. what sticks and, and, and if... Because I would like it to be like an, uh, you know, an every Sunday thing or a weekly thing where we sit down yeah. and play a board game, and if it's and if it's something like Root where it's an ongoing, uh, ever changing experience, that sounds fun. And then yeah. and then Root RPG if that becomes like a long term thing, um, that sounds fucking great. Yeah, she was excited because um, she was like, "Can we play?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we can play right now." And we set it up and we're playing it, and and we get a few turns in, and she goes. I thought we were doing the one where I get to make up my story. She meant the RPG. And I was like, well, we can do that too, but I'm trying to learn these new... I want to learn how the new characters play for when I play the board game. And she's like, okay. Um, it It is... So she's seven. She is not old enough to understand Root. Um, but I don't dumb it down, but I do... I, the, the way we do it is I, I present her with her choices. So I read through her board and I go, okay, right now you could... Uh, play a card to build a new building or you could get a new person in your army. What do you want to do? And we, and we break it down to these like smaller decision trees mm-hmm. and she makes the decision and I tell her what to mechanically do to to play that out. Um, but I'm excited for her to get a little older like your kid's age and and be able to really, really play it for realsies without me having to uh, give her all her decision trees. It yeah, hurt when I'm you excited. said your daughter is seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, it's uh it, it's 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 weird. <laughs> um so yeah, so we had a board game day. Um we've only got a couple like 12 minutes left of the show. You can just but... say that you're mad at me for ruining the rest of the show. You didn't ruin it. Okay. You didn't ruin Fine. the rest of the show. Um, so we had a board game day. We played the new um unmatched Marvel um, Hell's Kitchen or what is it? Something Row. Um, I don't have it right in front of me, so I can't really say for sure. But 
uh, Redemption like Row. We were in some sort of like fucking facility. Yeah, you are. But the name of the game is Redemption Row, uh, Unmatched Redemption Row. We played. We played that. Um, I was um, Ghost, Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was like, my my brain was like Nicholas Cage. I was Nicholas yeah. Cage. Uh, Guy was Moon Knight, and Justin was Luke Cage. Luke Cage. And um, I will say, Justin I always enjoy- had not a great time. No, I always enjoy Unmatched, it, but that particular lineup of characters felt really more it felt noticeably imbalanced oh yeah moon knight was ultra powerful it's crazy now ghost rider seemed it, it seemed like maybe with a couple more plays you could kind of master him it seemed like there was more yeah. stuff going on there than you were were like totally getting at that you know what i mean he seems like mm-hmm. one of those characters that's like complicated and the first time you play you're like i didn't really do anything then a couple ghost times rider later was fun yeah, a couple times later, you're like, all right, now I get how to play him efficiently. Luke Cage is just like, I hit real hard. And he, and but then, I but, don't. But the other characters in in, in that, that expansion are like, yeah, but we're really hard to hit. And you're like, oh, well, that just totally negates everything that I do. Yeah, Luke <laughs> Cage seemed a little bit like underpowered compared to everyone else. Um, just the complexity level. Well, you know, he had was, Misty and she didn't do shit, right? She didn't. She just sucked and died and sucked and died. <laughs> <laughs> and Moon Knight just sits there changing personalities and becoming invulnerable for like a little bit. Moon Knight like was so turns. Moon Knight was so hard because he ch- he does he changes modes and you have to as his opponent anticipate what mode he's going to be in, but you don't know how to fucking play. Like I think after I played as Moon Knight for a while, then I could maybe do better playing against him, but yeah. it's like I barely know what's going on with my guy. This is for, you know, and from, then you're over there right. just like, now I'm this person. From a player perspective, it was really fun. Um, oh, yeah. He seems know. fun. It was it was really fun to play. It was very straightforward of, um, like, he, he's got three forms, right? And one form is an offensive form, one form is a defensive form, and one form is an evasion form. So it sets, and they go in a specific order, so it sets you up to sort of be able to sequence your 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 turns like two or three turns ahead mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is something you're trying to do in any kind of strategy game anyway um so it so it really lent itself to seeing the end game i mean i had a good time playing ghost rider i know justin yeah. didn't really particularly like playing luke cage <laughs> no i mean again i had a good time because i always have a good time playing unmatched it, it, it's a fun game um luke cage just felt like a weird choice for that expansion, if that makes right. sense. Between Ghost Rider and Moon Knight and then yeah. Luke Cage. Like, I feel like Luke Cage should have come out in expansion with, like... I know Deadpool already existed, but it should have been, like, yeah. Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Deadpool. It's just... it. What it is, is it's... I, I mean, it's a complexity level thing, right? His complexity level was so vastly different compared right. to Ghost Rider and Moon Knight, that it just it just felt weird playing them together. You know, and I get the whole thing of Unmatched is we could show up and mix all the expansions and stuff, but they also kind of seem to want to set it up so that each box can be its own, like, kind of board gamey experience. I'm my own thing. And, and Luke Cage in that in that mindset didn't it didn't make sense for that box. Well, the next, the next one is Daredevil, Bullseye, and Elektra. Hey, yeah, you're really not like, going to like the fucking, like, Captain Marvel... 
uh, Magneto Hawkeye one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a weird one. Um, going to be a weird one. But yeah, we played that. We played Arkham Horror. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, we played one game of Root, which Guy had never played before. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let's go back to Arkham Horror, because I was fucking stoked to play this game for months. Yes. Okay. Um, and and I... and. I have played the the opening campaign, like the opening scenario, so many times at this point. Me too. Th- yeah, <laughs> that it was it was okay, and it was an enjoyable experience, and I'm glad that I got to play with you guys. Um, and it made, but it did make me excited to to get through that and get to the expansions and stuff, mm-hmm. um, because I like the dynamic that we had as a, as a team of three people. Um, I enjoy <laughs> me with the child, the yeah. really badass child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking creepy girl too. Um, you know, and I enjoy the way that we work together. We communicated. I, I, I mm-hmm. it's, it felt the way that I want that game to feel. And it's an experience you don't get when you're playing it by yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, I think what I like about Arkham is, is it really, it, it forces you to, to plan with one another and, and play as a group. Uh, you know, a, a lot of cooperative games are only cooperative in the sense that you have a common goal they're not cooperative in the sense if you're like actively having to plan for other people's stuff you know it's this thing where you just like head down oh is it my turn okay i contribute this to whatever goal we're trying to reach goodbye right and and i mean i we got it multiple times we got in like arguments like no no no. i think this is the best course of action we should do it that way and that's really that was really enjoyable i I like that a lot yeah. I mean, not angry arguments, but like di- disagreements over the best path forward. Yeah, and then and then, but and, and then talking those out and and really coming to to a consensus, which uh, yeah. is something I'd like to do more in our D and D games. You know, yes. Uh, but but the the system of Arkham, like you were saying, really lends itself to to doing that. Yeah, it you it know. kind of it pushes you into it. You know, yeah. it's it's such a good design. I've said before, I don't give a shit for uh lovecraftian horror stuff but it's just real good card game and i like real good card games so you know. yeah. so I'm, I'm excited to play the other two scenarios that you guys got in the core set and then i've got the uh dunwich the, the dunwich legacy i've got yeah. four of the six uh, scenarios my wife and i are on the last scenario of the core game and i have dunwich already sitting on the shelf the new revised version um and, and I'm just like, hurry up, let's do it. You know, yeah. like, I'm like, can we play Arkham now? Like, I'm 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 like ready. We bought um nice like from Team Covenant, nice like uh, boards that hold our little player cards. We bought acrylic tokens, and I was like, yeah, let's do this. And then we just haven't. We haven't for weeks and weeks. And I'm like, please, can oh, we God. play the last scenario? We're right at the end. Uh, it's a good one too. Well, it's, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's no. great. It's okay. It's like, kind of bad. How about this? I'll say I enjoyed it, but I also played like the first couple of scenarios of the Dunwich Legacy on tabletop yeah. simulator. Yeah. And I liked the first couple of scenarios better than I liked the ending of this one. I was watching someone on a stream play the the whatever the ice one is, End of the Earth or whatever, the the like snow Antarctica looking yeah, expansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the first scenario, they set up like a pentagram out of cards, and I was like, "This is so fucking cool! I need to get this now!" But I just like spent all the money on Dunwich, and I'm like, "Okay, just just breathe, and it's okay. You can get it later." You know, um, yeah. the, I, it's just I'm excited. I'm excited by by Arkham. I'm I'm kind of blown away that 
they haven't just skinned Arkham for other games. I, I mean, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, as yeah, successful of a design that is, like, I'm not saying I'm super in favor of them just skinning games. I, I usually prefer unique experiences, but I'm kind of shocked that they haven't been like, hey, let's just rip the sticker off and slap on a Marvel one. And I mean, I'm, they're know. probably making so much money off of it as is that they... I guess, man. It's just, it's weird. Could, like, when the yeah, new Marvel game came out... Like, they could do like a Marvel's Defenders game, right? As the first yeah. like four characters, and have yeah. you investigate some shit that like Jessica Jones found, and it'd be the same fucking game, right? Yeah. Like they just did that Marvel LCG, or I mean, it's still ongoing, but it seems it seems really different. I just in my head, you know, the way companies are, you know, I just assumed that like, oh, they probably just skinned Arkham for the Marvel thing. They super didn't. It's yeah. it's it's pretty different, you know. So interesting stuff. Yep. I enjoyed it a lot too. Um, I'm looking. I've only played the first scenario, so I'm looking forward to playing more than that. Than that, but yeah. Uh, oh, at the end, of, at the end of my last those. scenario in my wife's game, I just I'd saved up all my experience points to buy a shotgun, mm-hmm. and I'm just like I'm I'm chomping at the bit to blast something with this shotgun. Like, I'm <laughs> fucking dying over here. Like, please. please. Um, lastly, we played um, brute. Yeah. And I don't want to really go into the game that we played just because it Why? was. Because we only had game. a couple minutes. <laughs> it was guys to first time ever playing Root. Yeah. Yes. And we brought it because it came up in conversation that you had never played Root. And we were like, that's not actually even possible. And you're like, no, I've never played it. And we're like, that makes no sense. You've, you've been friends with us for far too long to have never played Root. That's nonsensical. Yeah. It's just bizarre. And uh, how how was that? You you played the Irie Dynasty, right? I did, and it was super fun. Yeah, um, I like. I want to play again, and I want to play them again because I've uh, sort of halfway through the first game, yeah. I figured out how it worked. Right, like like you were saying yes. with with whatever uh, the other faction was, where it was this thing where okay, I kind of get it. I can I get it well enough. That to to strategize what what I need to do in in the in the early game, right? Right, and then mid game you suddenly it clicks and you see every inefficiency you've committed up to, to that, that point. point. Yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I feel like you would have won that game if you hadn't done the the, the dominance card. Yeah, the dominance. Card. And I warned yeah. you. I said, guy, I've never seen someone win a game of root with a dominance card. It is a it is a bear trap of a card. And you're yeah, like, no, and I you just could, like the idea. You of just it, looked and up I and you like, go. Y- you go, you're about to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, I, and then I won. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I got cocky because I won the first two games of the day. That was my only second or third time playing Vagabond. And I forgot how fun Vagabond is. Um, it's really great because you guys are playing a war game and I'm playing fucking Skyrim over here. Just like running <laughs> around shooting dudes with a crossbow and, and buying items. Um. Yeah, it, it is. It's tough. I've I, I've taught Root. I think I've taught Root more than any other board game ever. Um, and every time I teach to someone, I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm going to tell you this. And it's we're going to be in the middle of the game. And I'm going to repeat it to you. And you're going to think I'm being a jackass, but I'm not. If you just read your player board from top to bottom, you will do your turn perfect every time. And every question you ask me is answered by reading your player board top to bottom and doing things in that order. And without fail, no one has ever got through their first game of Root without going, okay, but how do I do blank? And then I have to go, well, if you read your player board from top to bottom, 
It's going to explain it in detail to you. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. asking that question, but I believe you. I, f- I feel like you did. I um, feel like you did, too. <laughs> Andrew with the sandbag over there. No, you did. I love, yeah, I saw I love it. to do it. Before, so before we get into Root RPG, because I feel like that's going to take up the rest of the show. Um, okay. I did want to go ahead and I feel like plug. we keep talking about what's going to take the rest of the show. I did want to go ahead and plug the Game Closet. It's the, the store that we go to in Waco. Oh, yeah. Um, so if anybody's ever in Waco, Texas, for some reason, uh, check First out of all, the we're game. sorry. Yeah. yeah. Check out the Game Closet. It's a good game store. Um, and then also, I just I wanted to shout out Twisted Root Burger in Waco also. It's yep. our our preferred burger place. Yep. Yeah, it's a good um, spot. Yeah. Get it's a burger, <laughs> get some beer. Every time we go there, we go to go to lunch and there's always this like one of us will be like, Do we want to do somewhere else? And then instantly it's like, No. No, we're gonna do <laughs> I think it was dinner this time. We were like, Yeah, do we wanna go to that same pizza place? And then it was like, Yeah. Yeah, Papa Rolos. Yeah, we do. We do. It's not even that amazing. It's just like oh, it's pretty not good. great. Like it's, it's like it's, it's it's decent. It's decent like it's pizza. not Domino's level. Like you know, junk pizza. It's okay, yeah. but it's not like but I wouldn't it's be a like, hole oh. in the wall pizza place. Like oh, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. And to go to the bathroom, you have to go through a hole in the wall. Yeah, you have to go through a little bank vault. Yeah, um, but let's um, talk about root RPG. So I brought root RPG. Uh, which I had purchased on a whim at uh, a board game shop recently. Um, they had it there, and it had the Root logo on it, and I was like, well, i got to spend too much money on that now, I guess. Yeah, I and think I sent you a picture like a couple of weeks before that. Yeah, yeah. And and, and so um, I brought it. We've never done a tabletop RPG at Board Game Day uh, because mm-hmm. we have a weekly tabletop RPG group. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like Board Game Day. It's for board games. Um, but I had been, I had like just got it the week before and I was excited to talk about it and I, and I, 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 uh, uh, brought it and I said, Hey, could we put in a couple hours on this? Because the, the way it's, the, the way it's structured, right. Is, is that it requires such little prep that I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm totally good to, to just show up and just kind of you know, uh, wing some content, which is what I did for my kid. And it, it seemed to kind of go well. And, and we did that for, I mean, we, we played a good, like three hours, you know? Um, I don't know where it falls on a recording schedule, but the week before board game day, I had met with, uh, one of our, uh, discord people, uh, uh, Peter and, and we went and we played board games and that was where I bought root. Um, we mostly just played flesh and blood and then, Oh, you know what? I totally forgot. We played, um, tiny epic dungeons as well we talked about which was yeah did we talk about last show okay Uh i couldn't i couldn't remember fine andrew so i ran i ran two or three hours of root rpg for you guys yeah within within a week of you owning that book i had also purchased the book (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you man root it's all just the best board game it's the best rpg it's all of it is just i just gotta have it all they sell plushies of some of the animals from Root, and it is everything I can do to not buy those as well. Um, I don't need them. I, they serve no purpose in my life, but I just, man, I want them. They sell this Vagabond plushie, and I'm like, yes. 
Yes, I need it. Leader Games, please. Can I just... Can, can, Leader Games, if you're listening, can I just send you, like, an amount of money every month and then you just mail me everything you ever make? Can you just do that, please? Is that a thing? You got a subscription service I can yes, sign up for? Yes, it's a it's, box. <laughs> the root box. Yeah, just it's just the root core game every month. Call it the root seller. <laughs> Um, so how did you guys so the, the, find the Root RPG? This is a Powered by the Apocalypse. Um, Through you. Relatively, I already said this. No, I mean, how was it, right? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. No, it, it was dad. great. Uh, yeah, I am a dad, so. Um, now, uh, guy, was, you're, you, you, I know I asked a question. I'm immediately interrupting you. Um <laughs> <laughs> The majority of your tabletop RPG experience is in our weekly D&D group, right? No, that's a different guy. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> different one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That is okay. accurate. Okay, you can continue now. I was, oh, just, okay. I was just curious before you got into it. Right. So we've talked about this before um, in other in other places that that my uh, really my experience with D&D um, is more focused on uh, combat. Right. Like mm-hmm. for whatever reason, as a as a JRPG and Western RPG CRPG player, yeah. the thing that I grabbed onto immediately was the combat. Um, yeah. And so it was uh, and we played. Out of the, out of the gate, we played like two or three campaigns in a row. I think it's two campaigns in a row, right? Yeah, where um, where it was like a set story, and we were being moved along this path, and it was mm-hmm. specific characters doing you know this spe- specific thing. And so, to me, an R- an RPG, a tabletop RPG, was kind of like. Uh, a slow version of Final Fantasy, you know? Yeah, it's a prescribed experience. This is the story you will experience, and while you will feel like you are making choices that take you off the beaten path, uh, the beaten path just circles back around to the main path. You just don't get told that, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right. Um, And so reading through the Root RPG book, or or you kind of explained the system to me going into board game day, um, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then reading through the book, it really like re- it, like drives home that, hey, these are people that are playing together because they want to be together. Uh, they care about each other. And the most important thing to do as a DM is just make sure people are having fun and whatever your players say they're doing, more or less, they get to do it. Yeah. You know, and if you don't know if they can do it or not, roll for it. Right. Then randomness can come in. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just it completely changes the focus of the game from from going through a specific adventure to letting the world unfold and having a, a um, communal experience. Yeah, I, I don't think it's uncommon to come to D&D for the first time with that kind of video gamey mindset. You know, I mean, video games are very traditionally always focused on the conflict in an experience, right? I mean, these days you get more story-based stuff, but traditionally at large, video games are like, hey, the the game part is the conflict portion of whatever scenario is happening. Um, and I think tabletop RPGs, uh, where while they very much started there because they grew out of war, war games, it's, it's turned into this thing of like, no, this is us, you know, as a social event telling a collective story you know more so than just let's simulate combat um what i loved about the root rpg was was the combat um or rather lack thereof strict combat system 
Yeah, um, well, like Andrew got into a situation where he was taking on yeah. like six people at once. Yeah. Uh, and it never felt like he was in super danger. Right. It was it was a yeah. complicated battle. Um, yeah. You know, I I, I mean, there was a moment where I was like, it was still tense. And I, I think yeah. that's the important part is it, it wasn't like, oh, this is just an insurmountable battle. I can look at all of the numbers on this Excel spreadsheet that is the board game in front of me. Uh, and tell that this is insurmountable. It, it was very much not that, but it still had the tension of that. It was still like, oh, I don't know, man. This this may not go well, you know. I mean, I would say like, like I I like to think that we bumbled through that entire game. Yeah, like yeah. we well, bumbled through combat. Well, we spent <laughs> we like a half hour trying to fix a bridge that Justin's like, no, you can't fix it. <laughs> yeah, well, which was fine. It ended up being part of the story, you know. Yeah. In but and, we. Well, we bumbled through combat. We bumbled through talking to the leader of the army, like in yeah. town. Yeah. And we, we just like happened to, like, it was just all happenstance that we succeeded in everything that we did. And it felt like we kind of like, um, we lucked into a lot of it. I'll say this. It's interesting hearing that as the player perspective, because from the game master perspective, it was not that at all whatsoever. Um, because the idea is in, and this is, I think we're at a really core level, this powered by the apocalypse system differentiates itself from something like D and D is that in D and D when you fail, failure looks like losing. It, it looks like the game ending. It looks like a character dying. That's mm -hmm. what failure looks like in D and D failure in, in root RPG in, in, I, I assume other powered by the apocalypse games Failure is more like, hey, the story is going this direction now instead of yeah. like it, that story is over now, you know, in, instead of your character story being over, you know, like you guys were talking to a big higher up dude and you had forged papers to show him. Um, and if that went poorly, you would have been arrested or something. But that would that's not the end of your story. You know, the story would have right. continued and and the way the whole system is is really structured is that it creates this flow um that feels really cinematic and it feels really tense but it does it really effortlessly it 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 naturally is completely built around building these situations where like you were saying it, it's like hey we feel like we've lucked into this situation and made it through this tense portion of whatever when in reality the whole game is just built to to create those moments it seems like in in yeah. Because my, when my, I played with my daughter, who is seven again, um, and it was the same kind of stuff. She got in combat with a guy, and and um, the the way the combat works is is great. So the the players show up, and you have a range. You roll two d six dice, um, and there's a, a number range. So this number range on the low end is a failure. Something bad happens to the player. Um, and and the the gm gets to take an action and then there's the middle range where it's like you succeed but the the gm also gets to take an action and then it's like you succeed and and the gm gets no action yeah and what i love about it is it 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 forces the players to drive the story so i don't get an action unless you take an action i can only be reactive to you and it creates this situation where in our dnd games every week we run into these these moments a lot where we're all just kind of sitting there in silence and someone goes, what are we doing? <laughs> and I'm like, 
I don't know. What are you doing? You're you're not doing anything, so I can't I can't feed anything to you. Yeah. And it's because you're expecting this narrative to come from me. But Powered by the Apocalypse puts all of that weight onto the players and says, hey, you are driving entirely. And the GM will only react to the things that you do. And and I really like that player-driven system a lot, you know. Uh, it, it was it was a lot of fun to GM that. I mean, it was a lot of fun to play also, just, just getting yeah. to a kind of experience a mainly story-driven RPG. Yeah. And, like, combat felt like a story. Like, it didn't feel... Oh, yeah. Like, con- yeah. it didn't feel heavy. It didn't feel bogged down by roles. I mean, there were, what, eight combatants? I could not... Th- I, I mean, it, it, the second we got into it, my, in my head, I was thinking D&D. I could... I mean, think about D&D getting into combat with... It would have taken an hour or two. It would have taken an hour, hour and a half, and it would have been like, okay, now I swing. Okay, now they swing. Okay, now I swing. And, and you know, okay, I miss. And then eventually you would have been like, okay, now we created this cinematic moment. We worked our way here, and now this cool moment can happen. Yeah. Root is just like, how about it's just the cool moments and no bookkeeping? No. Yeah, like I threw... Like my character, like when you got in a fight, uh, my character threw like a dagger uh and missed and then your character immediately picked it up stabbed it stabbed it and threw it back at somebody who was attacking me right yeah all within the span of like i don't know 10 seconds of us talking it out it has really good group combat rules um and group combat rules are uh, so important yeah they're, they're so important to have and and it, it has these it, it's just it's just so seamless combat was fantastic i i remember every move you guys made in my head i remember it like like a cinematic moment like like a scene from a movie is how i remember it i can't name a lot of combats in my two decades of playing D that i remember that way you know most of most of them are forgettable like okay swing all right i missed okay i cast the spell all right well he saved so okay well now it's your turn it's it's just yeah, you know, it's not that. I mean, I feel like we're gonna have to. We'll do a full episode on Root RPG once we all have it purchased and have read the, <laughs> the rules and uh, have play played more played more of it. Yeah, it became um, my shitter reader for like a week. It's great. Oh my god. Jeez. All right, <laughs> Uncle Guy's shitter reader. Um, yeah. But that's that's how I read I, books. I read <laughs> like fucking several books a year, just from pooping. <laughs> <laughs> the phone book, the dictionary, D and D manuals, you know, whatever. No, dude, I um, like since the beginning of the year, I'm on like the sixth book of some like fucking fantasy new fantasy series. Oh, right. the toilet! It, and Those are some root, long shits, man. That's plus a break new, for the root RPG. Like new podcast guy on the toilet. <laughs> How long do you shit? It, it's got to be. I like 10, hey, 15 man. minutes at a pop. Sometimes two Don't. or three times a day. Don't judge a shit by its cover. Three times a day is a lot of shitting. That's frequent. Getting all that it's fiber. It's regular. Yeah. It's... <laughs> all right. Well, all shitting aside, uh, we mm-hmm. had a good time on our game day. Um, what did we buy? We bought something. Don't ask me questions. I bought I bought the expansion to uh, the D&D Dungeon Mayhem game. Justin bought a book. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Which we're not going to get into because we don't have time. Uh, but Justin bought a book. What book was it? I bought the Midgard World book, which is the current setting for our current Wednesday game. Uh, and yeah. I'm I'm 
I also bought Dungeon World, and I'm mulling over the possibility of shifting to Dungeon World using the Midgard setting, uh, which is another Powered by the Apocalypse game, like the Root RPG. It's nice. it's rattling around in my head up there. That would be well, that sounds fun to me. Yes. It sounds fun to me too. So keep the characters, keep the world, keep the setting, keep all the cool shit, and just switch to Powered by the Apocalypse. Cool. How would right, we do that? I can in definitely well, bring you we'll too. We'll no, let me out. explain it, Andrew. We can do a long no. episode. Come on. All right, fine. <laughs> fine. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next month with another long episode, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, Justin and I will be in New Jersey this weekend, and we will probably do an episode talking about our New Jersey trip. And uh, we thank everyone for listening. And as always, remember what is best in life. Sport games. Sport games. Sport games. Got you guys sport games. games. You did it, guy. You caught on. Don't forget to sync that part. Nope, I won't. (laughs) All right. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.